invite you to remain standing for the reading of Scripture. This morning we're reading from Psalm 8, uh, verses 3 and 4. Let's read together. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. A few years ago, uh, my wife was pregnant with our daughter, um, but whenever she was pregnant, we didn't find out um, if she was going to be a boy or girl, so we didn't know. Uh, we just knew that uh, a baby was coming. And so um, so we were kind of getting ready, you know, and we'd tell people, they'd say, oh, what is it? And we'd say, well, we don't know. We're going to be surprised. And and one of the really common responses was, oh, I couldn't do that. I'm too much of a planner. And, uh, you know, we thought, well, you know, we did still buy a crib, we have pretty much everything. Now, one thing we were short on was clothing because there's, at least in 2015, about the only gender-neutral newborn clothing that you could find was a plain white onesie. So we had some of those, but, you know, we, we still did get ready for, for our child, uh, even no, not knowing if it, if it was a son or daughter. But um, there's this kind of anticipation, and we were waiting. And I, I remember when she was finally born, uh, standing in the delivery room, and uh, the doctor was holding her and, and just hearing those words. It's a girl. And it was like, at that moment, everything changed. It was like, I mean, so you know in the Grinch, whenever the Grinch's heart grows three sizes too big? I mean, that's what it felt like in my chest, just this, you know, kind of still abstract idea became suddenly real. And I found out that I was going to be a father to a daughter. And, uh, and later the sleep deprivation set in, but, but at that moment I was just so excited and overwhelmed that there was just nothing that I could say, I mean, besides wow. You know, it's just one of those moments when the only word that will suffice is wow. And, uh, you know, after, after a few weeks of not really sleeping, there's a different kind of wow. That's not what we're talking about, but that, that first kind, you know, the, the wow, overwhelmedness and uh, inability to speak, that's what we're talking about this morning, those experiences of wonder. And uh, so, but when, you know, whenever we have those, it's just so powerful. And I, you know, and I just, I just wanted to look at her and stare at her and just take it in. And um, I guess I could have gotten a picture of her instead of a picture of me, but, you know, well, <laughs> anyway. I can think about that later, so, uh, but it's, so it's good to be with you. My name is Brandon Blackson, I'm the associate pastor here, and uh, it's a great morning, and uh, it's, it's so good to be worshiping with you. Uh, we're in the middle of a sermon series called Help, Thanks, Wow, Amen, and uh, just a series on those four simple prayers that can change our lives whenever we pray them, and so um, we start out in week one talking about help, and it's the first great prayer. Pastor Mark shared with us um, about that prayer, and um, it's really where we start. And we find ourselves in situations that are just beyond what, what we can handle, and we just find ourselves crying out to God, help. And that's a good and beautiful prayer. Uh, whether it's something small or something great, something that, you know, is in, in the scheme of things not that big a deal, or something that's life-changing, we can always pray help. And God loves to hear that prayer. God's always more ready to hear than we are to pray, and so that's a good and wonderful prayer. And then last week, we looked at, at the prayer, thanks, and that's our response to God's amazing blessings. We see all that God has given to us, and, and we pray thanks. And as we do that, as, as, we, as saying thanks becomes a habit for us, it, it changes our heart. God changes our heart and makes us grateful, and it changes the way that we see and experience the world, and we begin to have hearts of gratitude whenever we pray that prayer, and so we say thanks. And this week we're talking about wow, and it's uh, for those moments when, when there's just no other word, when the only word that you can muster is wow. 
and we experience just the power and wonder of, of, of God's goodness, and we see it, you know, we see it in a variety of places. Maybe it's in a child. Maybe it's in nature and experiencing something like the mountains or, or the ocean. Sometimes it's, it's through art and uh, is um, hearing music or seeing a, a painting that's, that's just stunning. And the only thing that we can say is wow. And, and those moments that are so powerful that just capture us. And we can just sit there and dwell and, and experience that for, forever. I don't know about you, but I love those moments. I, I wish that I had more of them. But the problem that we run into is we become desensitized to wonder. I remember whenever I was, uh, I went to New York whenever I was about 22 and, and we're visiting and um, walking around Manhattan and I looked up and, and there were these really tall buildings and the fact that they were tall wasn't really that big a deal. You know, I can go to downtown Oklahoma City and there's at least one really tall building and so, I mean, it wasn't that, but it was that, that buildings that were that tall went as far as I could see. I mean, they were just everywhere and so I was just, just looking up and, and saying, wow, and uh, all the people who lived there were like, would this tourist who's looking up watch where he's going. And, you, you know, they didn't see it anymore. They became desensitized to it. And, and it happens to all of us. The, the things that we see, once we get used to them, we stop feeling that wonder. It's, it's, it's just kind of old hat. You know, it's like if you, if you live in the mountains, then they become normal. And even in Oklahoma, the beautiful sunsets that we get, that's, I mean, yeah, that's how normal days end here. We're just used to it. We become desensitized to it. And sometimes we're not just desensitized, but we're distracted too. And so it's difficult to experience wonder when your first thought is, can I Instagram that, right? I mean, you can't just sit and experience the, the wonder of it whenever it's immediately like, okay, I've got to find a way to like show people this. You know, I've got uh, all 12 of my followers on Instagram. They really need to see this. So I've got to take a picture of it and get it posted as quickly as possible so they can use their thumb to make the little hearts and, and I'll know that they appreciated it. And, you know, I mean, maybe not. Okay. I've got a few more than 12. It's like 14. <laughs> but we're so quick to, to try to figure out a way to put things out to have other people see it that we almost don't, don't witness it. And it's not just a social media thing. I mean, even before social media, I found myself doing this. Whenever I'm traveling, you know, one of the tensions is I'm, I'm seeing all of these things for the first time, and, and I just want to take pictures. And it's a difficult tension, right? I mean, because you, you, can, find, you can capture a picture, but whenever I do that, I, I know I'm not experiencing it the same way as if, if I were just looking. And, and instead of experiencing the wonder of it, I'm just trying to get a good picture of it and, you know, take 10 more until I, uh, until I figure it out. And then I don't ever go back and look at them, but that's beside the point. But, but we miss it because we're, we're so busy trying to commodify it, trying to capture it, that we don't actually experience it. And so all of these opportunities for wonder that we have, and we have countless throughout the day, we miss them. And that's such a tragedy because without wonder, we miss the glory of God that infuses everything, that infuses everything. Every moment we have the opportunity to be struck again by the wonder and glory of God, but we're in danger of missing it. This is what the poet Gerard Manley Hopkins says, the, whole, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. And I just wonder for you sitting here this morning, when was the last time that you noticed when was the last time that you noticed that, that this wonderful world that God has created is, is absolutely filled to the brim with God's glory and wonder? Uh, for me, it, it's too long ago. I don't know about you. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. How do we capture that sense of wonder? How, how do we experience that and dwell in it and, and not just allow life to pass us by because we're, you know, we're used to it or, or we're distracted from it? How do we actually experience that? Well, it starts with praying the prayer, wow. 
not just saying wow, but praying it. And let that become a prayer that infuses our experience. And so really we're talking about learning to marvel, learning to wonder. And, and I think probably for most of us it's relearning. Because if you've been around children, like, it's not difficult for them. That's just their, their natural way of experiencing the world. Everything is new and fresh. And, and you know, if you're walking with a little kid, the, the, the distractions are myriad. And if you're not holding on to them, my mom used to have one of those child leashes, you know. And, and until I had a kid, I was kind of offended by it. Now I get it. But, I mean, they just wander off, and something as simple as a roly-poly, and it, you know, I mean, they are just captured by it and in and, and awe of it, or a spider web, or, or a crunchy leaf, and, and they're just, just caught up in the wonder. And, you know, as adults, we're, come on, we're late, we got to go, why are you slowing down? We just lose that. The questions they ask whenever they see something new and, and the, you know, the, the 10 degrees of why and, until you get tired of, oh, I, don't, I don't know why, you ask God whenever you meet him, you know? And we, we just lose that. And, uh, and so how do we relearn that? How do we relearn how to marvel, how to wonder? And so to do that, we're looking at Psalm 8. Last week, we talked about the Psalms as the prayer book of the church, really the, the, the prayers of the community of Israel that teach us how to pray, how to seek God. And, and they show for us the full range of human emotion from um, absolute elation to, to utter despair and everything in between, and, and how we can experience that with God and, and lift that up to God. And so today we're looking at Psalm 8. That's the Psalm of David. And, um, and what, what happens in this Psalm is the beauty of the night sky prompts David to reflect. And, and so he's just looking up and sees the night sky, and maybe you've seen that lately. Um, it's a little hard to see with the lights, but um, it's a little hard to see in Edmond sometimes with the light pollution, but, but it's just so beautiful. And uh, do you know that sky is up there every night? I know. Isn't that crazy? And so David's looking up and seeing how wonderful it is and how amazing and, and looking at the stars and the moon and, and just reflects and, and is like just captured by the amazing vastness of it. So this is what he writes. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? And have you ever felt that way whenever you're looking up at the stars like, and, and thinking about how, how big the universe is and, and how far away they are? I mean, I mean it's, it's amazing to think about just how big the planet is. I mean, we forget, you know, because we have jet engines that can take us from point A to point B really fast and the internet connects us, but, but it, it's a, a fantastically big world. And yet that pales in comparison to how, close, how far the, the sun is from, from the earth. I mean, that distance it just totally dwarfs the actual size of the earth. And you look at the distance from the sun to the nearest star, and, and it's, it's so far that they have to use the distance light can travel in a year as a measurement. I mean, just the fact that we measure stuff in light years, that's enough to just make me say, wow, I mean, that, that the universe is that big, and, and that's the closest star to us is 40 light years away. If you turn on a flashlight, it doesn't make it to Alpha Centauri for four years. You probably can't see it very well there, but, but it's just amazing. And we look at the scale of the universe, and, and then we look at ourselves, and, and we're like, oh, I'm basically like smaller than an ant, as small as an ant would be to another ant or, you know, whatever the, the parallel is. And that's, that's how, how small we are in, in the scheme of the universe. And yet God cares for us. God loves each one of us. And when we think about that, it just, what can you say but wow? In light of the vastness of the cosmos, God's care for humans is, is amazing. 
And yet, if, if you're like me, it's something that you just take for granted. Yeah, God is love. God cares for every single person. Yep, check, that's who God is. How do, how do we think about that and not just say, wow? I mean, God created this entire universe, and it loves each and every one of us. It's, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. Wow. And so what we see whenever we look at creation, whenever we look at the stars or any of the other things that God created is creation reveals for us the beauty of the creator. And as we experience that beauty, as, as we see that, it leads us into praising God and saying, wow, this is amazing. God, you're so good. You're amazing. You, you've created things that are, that are unbelievable. And it takes us into to glorifying God's name. And so last week we talked about saying thanks. We say thanks for, for God's amazing blessings. Uh, this week we're talking about wow and adoration and praise. This is what Richard Foster says about prayers of adoration. He says, in thanksgiving we give glory to God for what he has done for us. And so we say thanks. Um, in praise we give glory to God for who he is in himself, for who he is in himself. And, and so as we see the, the amazing glory of God in nature and in art and all of these things that make us say, wow, we're experiencing the glory of God and we praise God for that. We praise God for who God is. We pray wow and wonder and praise of God. We lift up those things and, and just are drawn into glorifying God. Just like whenever we see a, a, a work of art that's amazing, we praise the artist as, as we see the glory of creation. We, we praise the one who created it. We say, wow, God, you're good. You're amazing. Wow. Anne Lamott uh, wrote the book that inspired the, this sermon series. Um, she says, wow is about having one's mind blown by the mesmerizing or miraculous, the veins in a leaf, birdsong, or volcanoes. All those things are opportunities for us to pray, wow, to say wow to God, to praise God for the amazing creations, for all that God has made. And so, so as, we, as we do that, as we begin to notice that, then, then we're able to enter into this sense of awe and wonder, to praise God for the things that God has done, but, but it's still difficult, right? I mean, we've still got a, a lot of things on our mind. We've still got a lot of distraction that take us away from it. And so what we really need to learn is about becoming still, becoming still, learning how can, how can I pause long enough to actually notice all the amazing things that God has made? How can I pause long enough to, to experience the glory of creation, to experience the glory of God that's, that's revealed in it? Because did you know, this is going to blow your mind, if we never pause to look up at the stars, we never see them? I know, you have to look at them to see them. Yet, I don't know about you, that's pretty simple, right? I mean, the motion is not difficult. I just did it. But how often do I look at the stars? Almost never, almost never, once or twice a month maybe. Sometimes if the moon's bright enough while I'm driving and it shines in through my window, I look and I say, wow, but not often enough because I, I just don't stop. I, I don't practice stillness enough. And, and so what we find is whenever we practice stillness, we learn to notice God's wonders. And one way that we learn about stillness is, is a way of praying that the, that the church hands down to us called centering prayer. Um, it's, it's related to contemplative prayer, if you're familiar with that. But, but basically, it's just a way of sitting and being in God's presence, not really doing anything, but just resting in God's presence and, and just, just offering yourself. And, and so not, not thinking, not, uh, not thinking about anything in particular, but, but just being with God and spending time there, setting aside distractions and resting with God. 
And so the way that people will do this, uh, people will set aside once or twice or a few times a day to, to practice this, and, and then we'll just, um, we'll just kind of quiet themselves, close their eyes, and, and they'll come up with a word, um, some kind of centering word. And uh, so whenever I pray this way, uh, I, the word that I use is Jesus. Some people use peace or love or whatever it is that kind of brings them into God's presence. But, and then they're just quiet, just kind of let, let the thoughts flow away and, and just rest. And whenever they find themselves distracted, um, which is a sign that you're doing it right because that's where all of our brains go, is we start thinking about the laundry, or even if we don't like to do laundry, we especially think about it whenever we're trying not to be distracted. Um, The to-do list, whatever it is that we've got to do, all those distractions come, but we just say that word, just Jesus or peace or whatever it is, and that brings us back to what we're doing. It brings you back to your attention. And so there are different ways to pray this. Some people um, say that a good way to do it is to take two times a day and, and pray, just spend 20 minutes in centering prayer um, in stillness. Uh, for, um, I aspire to be there, but I'm not there yet. So kind of what I do is I get up in the morning, I, I read uh, the Bible, I pray for the people I'm praying for, and then just for five minutes, I just uh, practice centering prayer. I just practice stillness. And uh, I'm, I'm so, um, I'm, I even set a timer to like make sure that God forbid I go too long, right? That would be awful. God, I spent too much time with you today. But, uh, but that way I know, like, I'm not tempted to be looking up at the clock every few minutes, like, how many? Oh, one minute. Okay, that seemed like five, but, but I set a timer. And so, so that's a way that maybe you can just practice that. But as we practice that, we're not only spending God, time with God, which is a good enough reason, right? I mean, that's good enough on its own. But then we're also used to, to being still without distraction, and at, a, at an age and culture, whenever it's difficult to walk down the hallway without needing to check your phone because, you know, one of those 14 Instagram followers might have liked something that I posted, and I need to make sure, because if they commented, I have to respond. I'll die if I don't. But we learn how to be still. And like, yeah, I can walk down the hallway without needing to check my phone. I've practiced it. I've learned. And it's harder for me to be distracted now. So we practice stillness, and that enables us to be to enter into a state of wonder, to, to notice the things that God is doing in our midst and to enter into that so that we can then, then be receptive to the things that God has for us, that we can be amazed. Because it, whenever we read the Gospels, when people encounter Jesus, one of the most common reactions was amazement, was amazement that people see what Jesus did, they hear the things that he taught, and they're amazed. And, you know, as someone who reads the Bible a lot and studies it, sometimes I, I lose that amazement. And so whenever we cultivate that in us, whenever we practice praying those prayers of wow, they, they help us to enter into that. One of the examples we see is after Jesus healed a man who couldn't walk. Um, first, he forgave the man's sins, which, which just threw everyone in, into like, what is this guy doing? Only God can do that. Who, who does he think he is? And then after that, he's like, okay, oh, so you all get it. Here, I'll, I'll heal him too. And healed the man. And he got up and, and walked. And everyone was amazed, and uh, this is what it says, amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God, for they were in awe, saying, we have seen strange things today. And you know, sometimes whenever God knocks our socks off, it, it does feel kind of strange. We have that sense of wonder, you know, and we see those things, and we say, wow. It's so easy for us to lose that, though. I think one of the greatest failures of the church is, is the loss of wonder at the scandal of God's grace. And that very thing that, that David was talking about, the, the fact that in, that in the scheme of the cosmos, that God loves us, that God cares for each and every one of us, is amazing. Particularly when you, when you take into account, I won't speak for anyone else for myself, but 
I don't know, you know, I'm, sometimes I find myself thinking, like, God, if I were you, I'd have given up on me a long time ago. Like, I mean, kind of a lost cause here some days. And yet God doesn't. No matter what we do, no matter who we are, God is always reaching out to us, always welcoming us back. That's amazing. I mean, nobody else loves like that. But God does. That's who God is. And whenever we consider that, how do we, how do we say anything but Wow. And it leads us into praising God. We say, great are you, Lord. Great are you. Holy is your name. This is what Paul talked about, uh, about the love of God. He was writing to the church at Ephesus. He pray, says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That, that they would have power. It's not something that we can grasp on our own, but we need God's power and help to actually be able to understand that, how, how, how wide and long and high and deep it is. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure, to the measure of all the fullness of God, to experience that love that, that is so beyond anything that we can describe or understand. How can we say anything but Wow. Whenever we consider the love of Jesus, no words suffice, but wow, but wow. And so we pray that prayer. So we, we practice stillness, so we try to pay attention. We, we create these opportunities for God to speak to us, for God to, to grab us. Sometimes I, I need God to shake me a little bit because I, I just need that much help paying attention, but, but we pay attention. We, find, we pray that prayer, wow, whenever, whenever we see God's wonders. And, and, and what happens is Whenever we experience that wonder at God's grace, it increases our creativity because now we're able to see new possibilities where earlier we saw none, where we see what God is doing in the world and it far exceeds our expectations. It increases our joy because we get to experience the glory of the creator. We get to share that with him. And it increases our love because when we realize how greatly we are loved, how can we not love others? How can we not pass that on? Wow. God, you love me so much. How can I keep this to myself? I have to share it. And so we practice that. We practice stillness. We pay attention. And, you know, we don't get to choose those moments that, uh, that just grab us and shake us. You know, that's, that's not within our power. But we can cultivate a sense of, of attentiveness and pay attention so that whenever God does show up, whenever those sunsets happen, we notice. This is what Annie Dillard said. She said, I cannot cause light. The most I can do is try to put myself in the path of the beam. And whenever we're paying attention, that's what we do. So we say, okay, I see the beam. I'm going to go stand there and pray that God's light hits me. Pray that I'm illuminated. And when God does, we say, wow. And we praise God. We say, thank you. I guess thank you was last week, but we say, wow. So here are a couple of action steps. Here are a, way, a couple of ways that I'd like for you to, to try this this week. And, and so the first is just to practice stillness, to set aside your electronics and distractions and anything that takes you away from being present and, and just spend some time dwelling in God's presence. Pray that centering prayer. And, and so, you know, everyone has kind of a, a different tolerance for stillness. If, if uh, two minutes is a long time for you, start there. That's fine. If you're a pro and can do it all day, then, then go with 20. But, but make time every day to just be still before God, to just rest in God's presence. And then take time to marvel. Look at God's creatures without posting about them. Now, you don't have to quit Instagram. You, you, can, you can post about them afterward. 
But first, take time just, just to marvel and, and to see them. Because whenever we see God's creation, it, it reveals to us the beauty and love of the Creator, the one who made it. One of my favorite spots in, in the house we used to live in was um, looking out on our back porch. We had this great back porch and um, had a hummingbird feeder there. And in the morning, I would just get coffee during the spring and, and would sit and just watch the hummingbirds. And, and it, it was amazing. I, I learned so much just by watching them. And, and they would just, you know, float like hummingbirds do and, and um, drink from the feeder without putting their feet down. Every now and then they would perch. You know, I was telling someone about that and they said, hummingbird have feet? Like, yeah, they have feet or talons, whatever the equivalent is. But uh, I just watched them. And there was one in particular. It was probably a lot, but I thought of it as, as the same one. You know, the details are kind of hard to see. They're small. But uh, it would come and, and it would feed for a little bit. And, and then it would fly up into a tall pine tree and it would just sit there and perch. And uh, I could just barely see it. And then whenever another hummingbird would come, it would dive bomb. It would fly out of the tree and chase it off. And I was like, these cute little creatures are really mean. I was surprised. And and I learned, and so I marveled. And whenever I think about it, I still say, wow. I mean, just the beauty of the creatures. And yet, how many hummingbirds fly through your backyard during the spring, and and how many of them do you see? How often do you take the time? So take time to, to look at creation. You know, you don't have to go to a national park. You can. They're great. But even in your backyard, and, and trust me, I've, I've, my backyard is not very much bigger than this baptismal tank, but God's glory is still there. I can still marvel there. And then think about what's one way that you can grow in your care of creation. What prompts David's glorifying of God and this experience of wow is, is that he, he sees God's beauty in creation. And, and so as we see that, we, we, as we see creation, we, we recognize that God made all of this and called it good. And the first, humankind's first occupation was caring for the garden that God made. And so how do we care for, the, for, for creation? You know, what does that look like for you? And so just God's given us this wonderful gift and, and the way that I was raised, and I'm sure it's true that many of you, but if someone lets you use something, you return it in better shape than they gave it to you. And God has given us this gift and, and whatever it says on, on the deed for the land that my house sits on, it's all God's. And so how can we care for the creation, the, the beautiful creation, the, this world that God has given us to use? Find one way and try to put that into practice this week. Annie Dillard um, talks about this, um, this, um, this experience that she had. She had been reading about people who, who were born blind, but there was a medical procedure that allowed them to be able to see. So people who had never seen before were able to. And uh, they, they had kind of a steep learning curve. You can imagine if um, suddenly you had an, a new sense and had to try to figure out how to, how to make sense of it. And uh, so things that, you know, we figure out kind of as infants, like uh, death perception and all of those things were, were brand new. And so uh, there is one person who is talking about uh, processing the experience as she was learning how to see. And uh, she would look up into the trees and, and, you know, so whenever I draw a tree, like, you know how you draw trees whenever you're not an artist, right? You just kind of go like this with your green crayon and then fill it all in. But that's not how trees are, right? I mean, you can see the light through them. You know what I'm talking about? And and so someone was looking up at the trees and, and could see the light shining through it, but didn't have any frame of reference for that. And so she was talking about the tree with lights in it, a tree with lights in it. It looked like there were lights in the trees. And so Annie Dillard read about this, and she said, I want to see the way that that person saw, and set out to see it and, and looked, and every time she saw a tree would look and try to see the tree with lights in it, but, but it never happened, and she'd kind of given up. And then one day she was walking home, 
at the end of the day, and she looked up at a cedar just as the sun was setting behind it and saw this, this tree that was just ablaze, looked almost like it was on fire as the light was shining through it. She said, she said it, was, it was not so much like seeing as being seen for the first time. She said, it was as if my whole life I was a bell and never knew it until I was rung. And even after the sun had set all the way and she couldn't see it anymore, she wrote, I'm still ringing. She said, you know, I don't have experiences like this often, but I live for them. Whenever we have those experiences, whenever we suddenly see, we've been looking for something but see it for the first time, we experience God in a powerful way that, that illuminates everything that allows us to see things in a totally new light. And whenever we see those things, it's an opportunity for us to pray, wow, you're so good. You're amazing. I praise you, God. Thank you. And as we experience that, it changes the way that we see the world and gives us more moments, more opportunities to say, wow. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for all the opportunities you give us to say, wow, for this amazing world that you've created, that you've created us, and that somehow in spite of everything, you love us with a love that we can't even begin to comprehend. So God, in light of all of that, we say, wow, we praise you, we praise your goodness. We pray that you help us to have eyes to see all of your glory and to point it out to others. And now we join together and pray the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 